Prepare yourselves for a journey through history. Get equipped for adventure. Grab your power gloves and super scopes, for it's dangerous to go alone. This is the Legend of Retro. Welcome to the Legend of Retro. I'm Craig WK, and uh, with me is my buddy, The Glitch. Hey, Craig, how's it going? Doing pretty good. I'm pretty excited that we have a special guest. We did. We brought someone with us today. Hovercraft Joe himself from Last Action Podcast. What's up, guys? What is up? I am super excited to be here. Yeah, so uh, a little bit of backstory. Uh, when uh, uh, Glitch and I were talking about doing this game, uh, we had done it like on social media, like jokingly, because we had talked about doing this game at some point anyway. And uh, LPJ from Last Action Podcast shot us a message in the middle of like our, our social media conversation was like, if you're going to do Alex Kidd, you need to get Hovercraft Joe to be involved. <laughs> and it was like, well, yeah, okay, all right, sure, you know. And so I'm excited to find out why, uh, but we are talking about uh, Alex Kidd in Miracle World. That's right, yeah. So this was released on the Master System by Sega themselves in 1987. This action-adventure platformer stars the titular character as he must journey across the planet Ares and save the city of Red. Redaction from the dreaded Jonkin the Great? <laughs> yeah, Redaction? Redaction? Yeah, that's how I read it. I'm not really sure entirely. Yeah, it could be. <laughs> <laughs> so, I, uh, I I tell you guys what. I uh, Let's talk about our first experiences with this game, and let's start with Hovercraft Joe. Yeah, I mean, I guess it, it, at the time it, it seemed weird, and now I feel kind of maybe special about it, but I was one of those people that had a Master System. <laughs> I feel like when I was a kid, everybody I, I knew had, like, a Nintendo. If you were in South America or Europe, you'd have been a dime a dozen. <laughs> but in America, yeah, you were pretty rare. Uh, hardly anybody in America had the Master System. So, like, yeah, and I had one. I think I knew that maybe, like, one other person that had a Master System, but I remember this being, like, one of the first games that we had for mm -hmm. it and just playing it like so 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 much and just loving this game but also like it was so hard and like I remember like just being so frustrated by this game like no no save none of that stuff but nope. it was like I remember just playing it all the time I, I love the the just the thought of you as a kid and like you like dying or getting mad at the game turning off and be like this is stupid I'm never gonna play this again and sitting in front of the TV for a moment and then hitting the button, and then <laughs> starting over from the you're, beginning. You're not that far off, I mean, because I was I was obsessed with it, and I was like, I gotta beat this game. Spoiler alert, I never beat it. Oh, no. <laughs> but, yeah, and I loved it. I mean, I loved Alex Kidd. I have, like, all the sequel games that they put out on Master System, so nice. I figured, figured that was a good good reason to get in, because now I'm locked in if you do any of the sequels. You have to, <laughs> That's true. Yeah, absolutely. Back. Yeah. It, it's just like me and James Bond with uh, yeah, Last exactly. Action Podcast. Yeah. I ha I'm contractually obligated <laughs> to be there, and now you are uh, under contract with Legend of retro that you need to show up on all of our future Alex Kidd episodes. Right, so. Uh, Glitch, what about you? Because uh, you uh, own a copy of this game. Did you own it as a kid? No. I actually, I didn't even know the Master System existed until <laughs> I think I was like a senior in high school. <laughs> when I started, I was like, man, I gotta get an N64 and I was like, you know, I should get a Genesis too. And I even think it was, I typed in Sega Retro and the Master System came up. I was like, what is a Master System? <laughs> and I also, I mean, at the time I knew that the European Genesis was called the Mega Drive. So in my head, I was just like, oh, that must be the European. Like, I didn't think, you didn't even think Master twice, Drive yeah. was like Master System. Okay, that's that's the European version of the Genesis. But then I did some research. I was like, oh, it's a different system. So I got it. I think I picked one up like that week. There was a local guy in Ypsilanti who was selling one with like 10 games. Alex Kidd was one of the games. Also Elf, which is a really terrible game. I don't <laughs> know if you played that. Like Elf E or A Elf? A L F. Oh, oh, shoot. No, I don't yeah. remember that one. Uh, Elf. Sorry. Did I say it wrong? Elf. Yeah, Elf. Elf. <laughs> oh, Elf. Elf. Like, yeah, like, like as in TV Elf show. is back. Oh, like he's an alien form. who eats cats. Oh, shoot. Yeah, I'm familiar with the TV show. Elf. I didn't know they made a yeah. game. Uh, so I picked that up, and it's a it's a great platformer. I didn't beat it. Yeah. Um, I, I played it multiple times. It's probably the one I've played the most on the Master System. But uh, when we had the discussion that, oh, we haven't done a Master System game, uh -huh. I was like, well, we're going to do Alex Kidd. <laughs> what else would you do? Uh, he was the Sega mascot for the time being. Oh, 
what? Well, Kai, yes, he was. But before him, uh, it was that, uh, what was it, Upa Upa, the little ship from Fantasy Zone? Yeah. Yeah. Fantasy yeah. Zone, yep. The yeah. ship from Fantasy Zone was it. And then when Alice Kid broke out, he became the ma- uh, the mascot until uh, Sonic the Hedgehog came in. I feel sort of bad for Sega that they were like, we need a mascot. And they were like, how about this cute little spaceship? And they were like, <laughs> okay, yeah. And then like a, like a month later, they're like, Okay, yeah, this one's not really working out. Uh, how, what's another mascot? I don't know. There's this kid. <laughs> okay, yeah, sure. And then they threw Alex Kid in there, and it was like, ah, it's been like six months. Uh, anyone got anything new? And it's like, <laughs> and Sonic stuck. But it's interesting that like they went through so many mascots during that time. Well, I, I remember my Master System. I'm sure it was like a first generation one. And it had like. You could, if you didn't have a cartridge in it, you could like a, hit a combination of buttons, and there was a game, and it was just like a maze game, but you played as that ship, and you just like went around in this maze, oh. and it wasn't like super fun, but to me it was super <laughs> cool because it's like, oh, there's no game in there, and I can play this like flying around in a maze. But you probably had a generation one master system then, because I know uh, from the uh, second generation and on, it was like either Alex Kid in Miracle World or it was a Sonic game. Yeah, you must have one of the first editions. Yeah, yeah that's I, pretty I believe cool. So yeah. Uh, that was actually kind of a popular thing. I have a, a system called the Fairchild, and it came out in '76. And in that one, it has built-in games as well. So I mean, it has oh. its own cartridges, which they're just numbered. It's like cartridge one, cartridge two. <laughs> I really love cartridge seven. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> but it does. It has a built-in. I'm trying to think of what game it is. I want to say it's like a like a checkers. Oh, okay. Yeah, oh. that you can play two-player. By the way, are you guys curious about my experiences with? I Alex was going to ask you, yeah. what is World? your uh, experience? What if I told you that I've beaten the game? What? I'd be lying. I <laughs> barely touched this game. I was going to oh. say, can I take a guess on how you acquired it? <laughs> the Virtual Console. I uh, uh, no. Oh, really? Emulation. Okay. I'm a dirty, rotten thief. <laughs> uh, and here's the thing: I I normally probably would have bought it on Virtual Console. I I think I've mentioned on the show previously. I. Uh, Back in the virtual console days, uh, there was a competition that Pepsi had where you could get points or uh, or I'm sorry, you could get uh, uh, like rock band songs or whatever. And well, the Wii version didn't have that. So if you put the code in to get the Wii version, it just gave you virtual console points. Yeah. And so what me and my friends did, who, we, we, me and uh, Sean the Arcade Phantom from uh, Noise and Arcade, uh, we worked at a grocery store. And people would return bottles, and we forced all the baggers <laughs> to take all the te- the tops off, give them to us, and so we had so many virtual <laughs> console games that, like, I actually might own it on virtual console, and I just don't remember because I didn't bother to play it. <laughs> uh, but I, uh, yeah, I I only played this really through emulation a little bit, and uh, I'm gonna be honest with you, I played it, and I was like. Roxas or paper? What a game of chance! You must be joking. I'm not playing this, and I, I, and I stopped. Uh, and in hindsight, it's it's very interesting. We I want to get us into the the game mechanics here. So, for those of our listeners who have no idea what this Alex Kid stuff is, let's let's kind of break it down. It's a, like a platformer, like I mentioned, right? Yeah. But yeah. rather than jumping, what does Alex Kid do? He, he punches. Punches stuff. <laughs> yep. Yeah, he's a big fist. Yeah, like a gigantic he, fist. Yeah. His, yeah, yeah. His fist, like I, I don't know if it's just supposed to be the the animation to show that his fist is attacking to make it easy to understand for for that you know old of a system, or if the like the like the story <laughs> and lore is like he grows his fist huge and punches. I'm not really. We're sure. supposed to. He learned martial arts. Yeah. on this hill and, and mountain like, that he lives on. And that's like something I don't think I ever realized is that he's supposed to be like a kung fu master. Do you do you guys want to know the story before we dive into the rest of the gameplay? Oh yeah, go for it. Yeah. So. <clears throat> <laughs> so, for seven years, Alex studied Shellcore, uh, an ancient martial art, on the top of Mount Eternal on the planet of Ares. <laughs> this is all in the instruction manual. Until a dying old man warned him of the troubles John Ken the Great was causing Redactian? Redaction? Yeah. Yeah, sure. Uh, sure. Which is this like beautiful city. Uh, with his dying breath, he gave Alex a piece of a map and a medallion made of sunstone. <laughs> also, we'll eventually find out that Alex Kidd is the missing prince of the king and queen. Yeah. Uh, yeah. He was kidnapped at a young age. Yeah. And forced to <laughs> become a martial artist? I'm not really sure. It, it's very interesting to me because there's a lot of similarities between Alex Kidd and uh, uh, Journey to the West. 
You know, uh, Journey to the West is like the world's very first novel, which China and Japan, a lot of uh, Asian countries are very obsessed with. Uh, the original Dragon Ball story is kind of based off that that kind of okay. motif of, you know, person who trains out in the mountains off on their own. And so, like, there's a lot of similarities there, uh, which it's also funny that uh, uh, in the original version of Alex Kidd, he eats like a rice ball. Yeah. yeah. And they didn't bother to change that, which I thought was really interesting because, like, the West always tried to Americanize all that stuff. And in future versions of the game, he's eating a hamburger. I saw that. Yeah, he is. And it's, it's yeah, it's, it's kind of weird. I mean, and we'll get into it a little more, mm-hmm. but it's like, it never occurred to me when I was a kid. Like, this game, like, a lot of the stuff is very, like, you know, like, they didn't Asian. change. Yeah. yeah, very Asian. Like, they didn't mm-hmm. change, like, any of it, and as a kid, I was like, oh, whatever. But when I was playing it more recently, I was like, oh, it's kind of weird. Oh yeah, it's very strange because uh, uh, the '80s were interesting because they brought a lot of anime over, and some of it they really tried to Americanize, and other stuff they just they just brought it over and dubbed over and slapped it out for the market, and it was fine, you know. So it's kind of interesting that like you know th- that like Alex Kidd is another one of these properties, at yeah. least in the very first mm-hmm. iterations of it when it was brought to America. And Europe that, you know, they didn't really, it was just like, all right, whatever, who cares? <laughs> yeah, Mount Eternal, uh-huh, yeah, yeah, uh-huh. I think I read somewhere that it was originally, during early development, supposed to be a Dragon Ball game. Yeah. And then Sega lost the licensing to yeah, Dragon I Ball. Yeah, I saw that, yeah. yeah. I am not surprised in the least, because this yeah. is very reminiscent of Dragon Ball. Alex Kidd even kind of looks <laughs> like Goku to a degree with the, the kind of monkey-esque features. Mm-hmm. Because, you know, Goku is just this kid with, like, a monkey tail who, like, grew up yeah. in the mountains on his own. Yeah, let's talk about the box art, because the... The Eastern version has oh, like a monkey-looking type character features. It looks really good. But he, in the the version we got in the United States, he's blonde-haired, white skin, big fist. <laughs> yeah. I, the the it, box art for the West is terrible. Yeah, it doesn't even really look like him in the game at all. And the weird, like the Master System had that weird background on all their box art, that, like checkered. Yeah, yeah, that weird white and like white with like the black checkered lines or whatever. It's just really, really ugly. But when you look at like the Japanese art box art, it's like, oh wow, this looks cool. It looks like the game itself, and like you know, it, it it's you know really well done. <laughs> it's hard like looking. At, I have the the box art right in front of mm-hmm. me, and it's hard looking at it to be like to see this game and be like, oh yeah, I gotta get that game. <laughs> it's like like you said, it's like the white checks and like this picture of him. It doesn't look like him, and he's punching. I guess. Yeah, That's he's it. like he's just flying down, and he's got his fist out. Yeah, it's it's really weird. So I don't know how we ended up with this game when I was a kid. I definitely wasn't like, ooh, I gotta get that. Well, I mean, there probably wasn't that many games out for it yeah, so they were you know your parents or whoever bought it was probably just like okay you know what what's a kid-friendly game yeah. alex kid kid <laughs> all right cool good enough for me you know that's fair i uh, but i uh, so that's the story of the game and all, all of its eastern influence i uh, so let's chat a little bit more about the gameplay so we talked about how alex kid can like you know just punch things or whatever yeah you know he breaks blocks and in fact in the instruction manual that's what they say the merit of this martial art is is being able to break blocks with your <laughs> fist of course but i uh, you know you can go swimming around uh you have unlimited oxygen like in mario yeah uh so yeah, there's something alex kid has over sonic take that you <laughs> Filthy hedgehog, and uh, <laughs> gives me a bad attack every time I hear that theme. But I, uh, uh, there's also uh, uh, money you collect. Yeah, you can go to shops. Yeah, you can buy bikes and uh, power ups, canes, yeah, canes that let you fly, and like in, <laughs> invincible powder, and like an amulet that you can shoot lasers out of. Yeah, and that has to be a carryover from Dragon Ball, right? That was going to absolutely be the Kamehameha that they like, Could, you yeah. know, that, that they were just like, oh no, we got to get rid of it. And they were like, well, do we? <laughs> what do you mean? Magic ring time? How does a magic ring help them shoot Kamehameha waves? Uh, uh, I don't know. <laughs> All right, whatever. I don't want to program anymore. Uh, so, yeah, you know, so, uh, you know, you can collect all these power-ups and stuff with all the money you're finding, which is kind of something Alex Kidd has over Mario, right? Mario collects 100 coins, he gets a free life. Yeah, you can't purchase uh, yeah, anything well, with those coins. It's true, yeah. You know, until the RPGs, Mario was just collecting them, I don't know, to funnel the money into like dark <laughs> satanic magic to like extend his existence yeah, you pass it on to toad and toad would be like here's an extra life <laughs> this looks like a clone of me <laughs> <laughs> yeah yeah clone <laughs> what's that pile of dead bodies behind you <laughs> ah, 
Oh, don't worry about it. Oh, well, well, well. <laughs> but I. Uh, but then you get into these intense boss battles, right? Yeah, that's the thing I wanted to lead us into. <laughs> is once again the Asian influences come into play? Because are you guys familiar with Jean Ken? Is that how you pronounce it? Okay, I didn't yeah. know. Oh, that's how I've been. I pronounce. I was like, yeah, Jan Ken. Yeah, <laughs> I'm, I'm pretty sure it's John Ken. You're probably right. Yeah, that uh, sounds good. So. Apparently, and I don't know how true this is because, you know, I'm, I'm picking up this factoid, not from from a reputable source, but from anime. But I have uh, been frequently uh, informed that uh, John Ken, Rock, Scissor, Paper, yeah. was apparently uh, uh, like a, a play on like ancient martial arts because martial arts eventually got like banned and outlawed in like, like China. And so Rock was fist. Uh, scissor was like gouging eyes and stuff, and then like uh, paper was like chops okay. or something like that. And so like rock scissor paper was sort of like a way to practice martial arts without, you know, the state knowing that you're doing it or something like that. I don't know how true <laughs> that is. That's 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 probably a lot of hearsay in there. But I uh, but yeah. So so Asia really has a big thing with rock scissor paper. John Ken is what it's called there. Yeah, and so. When they brought the game over, John Ken the Great is. They didn't translate that. He isn't <laughs> Roxas or Paper the Great. He's just John Ken the Great, this big demon guy. And there's what, three boss battles in the game where you need to play Roxas or Paper? Yeah. There's actually more. There's, oh, there's, there's more. There's three bosses, you play, you but you fight them, them multiple times. Yeah. I gotcha. I gotcha. And like the second time you play them after you beat them in rock, pa- rock Paper, Scissors, their heads pop off and like <laughs> they, fly at yeah. you, and you got to like punch them to beat them. Oh, that's kind of cool. And I, this is another one of those things where I think when I was a kid, like, I was just like, yeah, whatever, you play rock, paper, scissors. It didn't seem weird. But, like, going back to it, I'm like, no, that is kind of weird that you go to the boss and you got to play him in rock, rock, paper, scissors. I love the the boss's, like, heads, too, because they all have different heads. They look on. like, yeah. One's, like, rock man. The other one's scissor man. The other one's stone man. Yeah. Paper man. Is it paper man? Yeah. Oh, paper, yeah, scissors, stone. You yes. said, you said rock, rock twice. Rock and twice. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Which is. Which it is funny because that's one of the things they changed. Because in that they just call them like Stonehead, Scissorhead, Paperhead, but they had like weird names. I think in the original one they were like Gusika the Slippery, <laughs> Ch- Chukina the Sly, and Parplin the Pursuer. Okay, for the record, if you're gonna be like a villain, having the title the Pursuer is kind of cool, right? <laughs> yeah, that's a, that's what they called him. And then they, for this version, they're like, mm, let's just call him Paperhead because it's. <laughs> Head shaped like a piece of paper. That makes. I mean, I, I get why they did it, but <laughs> you know. Uh, and once again, another Dragon Ball thing. Uh, in the original Dragon Ball series, which never happens in like Z and later or whatever, Goku has a technique called John Ken, where he will attack either with a punch, a chop, or a gouge. Oh. Which yeah, once again, it all plays yeah. into this is the all coming together. It's, honestly, <laughs> this is. I think you guys are are onto something. I didn't see that it, it was potentially a Dragon Ball game, but like, it really, really seems like it should have been. Even like, if that isn't true, that this is a lot of weird coincidences. Goku kid in Miracle World. <laughs> oh my God! Can you imagine if Goku was Sega's mascot? They wouldn't have failed. Yeah, they would have stayed the same. <laughs> that would have been amazing. They would have had the the monopoly on every single Dragon Ball game that ever came out. Sega would have done A-OK. <laughs> I think it's funny that they say you have to win three games against uh, and, uh, Jenkin. Yeah. And uh, you only technically have to win two. Yeah, it's just, that's right. It's I guess it's trying to say you're, you got to do two out of three, best two out of three. Oh, right, right. But yeah, it's like, hey, you got to win three battles and Jenkin. And, nope, no, you just got to win two. Yeah, two out of three. Yeah. And I remember it just being like super frustrating because, I mean, it's like, <laughs> like, you get to a point and you remember, but like the first one is like, okay, you can beat them. But then like the second one, you get eventually there's something you can get in the game where like you can read their thoughts, oh, I guess. It's like a uh, uh, telepathy orb yeah, or something. And, yeah. And so you get like a thought bubble above their head and you can see kind of what they're going through, their progression. Mm-hmm. But like they'd be, it'd be like, okay, you're going to do rock. And then they would change it like right at the last second. And like yeah. it was super frustrating when I was, when I was a kid. But like it's mm-hmm. funny now, the, the way the world has changed from 1987 is like I was checking it out on uh, Jody's emulator like last night uh-huh. and he was like on his phone he's like okay you're gonna do scissor rock for this guy yeah it's <laughs> you're all, gonna do it's rock paper and it's That's like right. oh yeah that would have been helpful when I was a kid yeah the nowadays the games like that you know I mean let's face it the 
that mechanic had to have been put in just to artificially lengthen the game. Have you die, go back to the start, start it all over again, keep learning from your mistakes, keep playing the game, keep playing their game. You know, yeah. that's what it was all about. I, uh, you know, so, so I mean, nowadays, yeah, that's kind of, you know, it doesn't matter anymore because it's just like, all right, uh, paper, rock, rock, scissors, <laughs> you know, okay. I, uh, no, I did want to uh, give a shout out to the game. I really appreciate the fact that the the levels match the the map pretty well. Yeah. So, like in the first level, you're leaving Mount Eternal, which I might be crazy, but I think in Japanese or in Chinese or Japanese that translates to Pauzu, which is the mountain where Goku <laughs> lived on in Dragon Ball. So, yeah, full circle there. But uh, when you're on the top of the mountain, you actually are going down. Like, the first level is not a standard left-to-right side-scroller. Yeah. You go down through this mountain mm-hmm. and then end up in, like, the, the river at the or lake at the base of the mountain yeah. and swim your way to the end. I thought that was really, really cool because, you know, so many platformers are just, you start at the left, you go to the right because that's what Mario did. You know, you got to copy what Mario did to, to be successful. Right. So I thought that was really interesting. Yeah, and I mean, I think this uh, it's its interesting to me going back to it, because there is like a wide variety of different things you do in this game. I mm-hmm. mean, because it's like, like you said, that first level, you're kind of falling down. There's the water levels, but there's also like, oh, this level, I'm going to fly that, that helicopter thing right, that you have right. where you pedal, or there's one where you're on like a little speedboat and stuff. And like, even as weird as it is, like the fact that it has the paper, rock, scissors, yeah. it's like, it's just interesting, like an interesting wrinkle thrown into this game. And well, the absolutely. store where you buy stuff stuff i mean and like the castle levels once you get further on in it are, mm-hmm. are very difficult and a lot different than anything else before it in the game yeah i i think that is super interesting that you know they they didn't try to just you know make yeah. a copy of a mario game or, right. or do anything like that they they did their own weird interesting thing and yeah that's uh super unique yeah because there's a I guess technically a lot of different mechanics that are in the game it's not just yeah like you know Jump on this platform, make to the end, fight this boss, boom, you're done. But yeah, you can purchase items. It changes the way the game's made. It actually kind of reminds me more of like a Adventure Island type. Yeah, I can see that. Yeah. In fact, when I was playing it at Jody's last night, that was the part where I was on like the, the motorcycle driving. He's like, uh-huh. this reminds me of riding the skateboard on Adventure Island. Yeah, yeah that or uh, uh, I was even thinking the uh, in later Adventure Islands, like the dinosaurs and stuff, you know, because it just you can get these essentially items mm-hmm. that change how you move around the, the map and the world or whatever uh, or the levels, I should say. And, you know, yeah, that that's really unique. Because, you know, Alex Kidd doesn't have, like, necess- I mean, he has his, like, uh, magic ring to shoot out the, like, Kamehameha wave or whatever. <laughs> but he doesn't necessarily have, like, you know, Mario has Big Mario, Super Mario, if you will, and, like, the Fire Flower and the Star. But Alex Kidd doesn't really have, like, a lot of self-buff power-ups, really. No. You know? I mean, he's got that cane that you can use to make him fly. <laughs> oh, yeah. And those weird capsules that do things. Like, there's Capsule A and Capsule B. And All like, right, what was that about? So, like... Capsule A, I remember using in the game. It's like you throw it down, and it's super weird. It's like all these little tiny Alex kids run out and like run into the bad guy. <laughs> what? Yeah, and then I don't remember Capsule B. I think they said it just like would like protect you from like one hit from the enemy or something oh, okay. like that. But it's like a buffer. Yeah. Okay. So so he's got some purchasable upgrades at least, even yeah. if you don't find them lying around. Right. A yeah. Because I think the the ring or the amulet was really the only one you could find like in a level. Oh yeah. Is it a ring or an amulet? I, they call it an amulet. Oh, do they? Okay. So it's an amulet. Yeah. I can't remember. They call it the. I wrote it down and now I can't find it. But yeah, amulet of power or something. Yeah. So I mean, yeah. But I mean, I always thought it was a ring too. So. Yeah, I, I I don't know. I, I when I saw it, I thought ring, but I, I guess I never really stopped to look in the guide. Uh, I mean, I looked through the guide or the instruction manual, uh, but I never really bothered to like look at the items and stuff that much. Well, and one thing that I it, like blew my mind, like mm-hmm. doing the research for this, is that there's two kind of bosses that you fight that aren't like paper rocks. There's this guy. There's one level where you fight like an ox. It's just like this ox that oh, runs yeah. at you, and you have to like punch him. You know. And then there's another level where I mm-hmm. I always thought that this was like some kind of like samurai warrior with a big sword. And then I looked it up. It's a grizzly bear. It's a grizzly bear with a big sword that you have to punch. And I it's it, when I saw it again, I'm like, oh yeah, I guess it is a grizzly bear. Do do you guys wanna know something kind of weird? I, I think one of the in the 
first chapters of Dragon Ball, one of the enemies is a grizzly bear in like armor with a sword. <laughs> oh, wow, that's I, wild. I'm pretty sure. I could be crazy, <laughs> I, but I'm very sure that that is the case. So that very much, they must have gotten pretty far in the development before they right, lost yeah, the license. I feel the, like pretty much this entire game was built around the whole, you know, the the story of Dragon Ball. And then they were like, wait a second, we lost the yeah. license, you gotta do something. <laughs> yeah, oh, I, I'm not crazy, I brought it up uh, online to see a picture here just to make sure I'm not insane. And yeah, it's a big grizzly bear with a sword. Wow, that's crazy. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and like like I said, when I was a kid, I never thought that it was a bear. I mean, it was the master system graphics, so you, you know. But then I was when I was reading some stuff, I'm like, wait, there's not a grizzly bear in this game. So I googled like Alex Kid Grizzly Bear, and uh-huh. I'm like, oh, I'm like he's the one with the sword. <laughs> That's wild. Oh man, yeah, it's it's I. There's just so much more evidence showing that this was a oh, Dragon yeah. Ball game. This is so weird. Yeah, they must have been like a month away from finishing it. And they're like, uh, bad news. We lost the Dragon Ball license. Uh-oh. <laughs> well, I don't know. What if it was Alex Kidd? <laughs> Alex, you must be kidding. Alex, kidding. Alex we Kidd, we, we got it. We got it. We saved We're it. it. We're on it. We got it. The game's good to go. Ship it as is. Kid looks a lot like Goku. Ah, uh, well, he doesn't have a tail. All right, fair enough. Good enough to me. Does Goku have a giant fist when he punches? <laughs> I don't think so. Well, not giant, but good <laughs> enough for me. Uh, wow, yeah, and I mean, let's face it, uh, in 87, that would have been fairly early in Dragon Ball's original life. So, I mean, yeah, that would have been the stuff he was fighting, like the, the bear with the sword. That's wild. <laughs> that's so crazy. It's got to be, that's got to be true, right? Oh, like, yeah. It, there's way too many similarities. Yeah, there's too much evidence now, yeah. Man. Man, uh, so when it comes to uh, 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 Alex Kidd in Miracle World, which I guess Miracle World is just called that because... Yeah, know, why is it called Miracle World? Uh, <laughs> yeah, I couldn't figure that one out either. <laughs> I, I don't know. I, I mean, maybe it's just sort of like a... It's a miracle they got it done on the time of day. <laughs> <laughs> maybe, I don't know. Uh, Glitch, do you have any... Uh, uh, I got some stuff on the, on the reputation. Oh, and the reputation. Uh, I, like, I like to kind of look up like what what people thought of this game. Yeah. Um, so consumer uh, computer video games gave mm-hmm. this an eighty six percent. In recent years, IGN did a rating of this. I think it was two thousand eight. They gave mm-hmm. it a nine out of ten. Oh wow! Uh, Eurogamer gave it a seven out of ten. Game Freaks gave it a nine point five out of ten. Wow. Um, wow! In two thousand eight, and this was updated, I guess, in two thousand twelve. IGN. Put this on the list of the seven Sega Master System games you must have. Wow. I mean, I think that's fair. I mean, this this yeah. strikes me as a Master System must. I'd be curious. Now I'm going to have to look up and see what the rest of that list is. See if oh, I, I did see Fantasy Star was on there. Hold on. I'm actually still. Fantasy the, Star 1 was on Master I, System. Oh, wait, yeah. I still have the webpage up. Hold on one second. Okay. So we have. Doo, doo, doo. So yeah, Fantasy Star. Uh-huh. All right. Alex Kid of Miracle World. Uh-huh. Uh, Penguin Land, released okay. in 87. I don't remember that one. I've seen that online, but I've never played it. This one is uh, Zillion. Oh, Zillion I had. Yeah, that was a wild game. That was a I, weird I had one. That one too. Zillion yeah. is based on a, a cartoon slash anime, right? Is it? I guess I'm not sure either. Yeah, but. that's out of my realm. I feel, <laughs> I feel like that is. Uh, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to have to This is the most that. Dragon Ball talk I've done in my entire life. So <laughs> I just want to point hey, that out. No, no, we did uh, Dragon Quest Dragon episode. Quest. We, we talked a little about bit, but I'm pretty sure we've, done, we've delved more into Dragon Ball on this episode. Probably, yeah. Yeah, yeah. you can't not talk about Dragon Ball without, talking about Toriyama without bringing up Dragon Ball. Right, yeah. Uh, Wonder Boy in Monster Land. Okay, I remember that one. I didn't have it. Yes, I was right. Zillion is based on a, uh, a cartoon in the 80s that was brought over to America. That was uh, uh, originally an anime. Oh, man. Yes. Uh, why is the Vanishing Omen? I'm so good at this. Shut up, Kirk. Why don't more people want to be my <laughs> friend? Fantasy Zone. Shut up, Kirk. And that's it. Oh. Those, those are your seven. I feel like I had two of the top seven games you should own. And I have a lot of Master yeah, System games. Yeah, I think I had those first two. That was it. Oh, no, I don't I don't have Fantasy Star when I think about yeah, it. Yeah, I don't have Fantasy Star either. I oh, played really? it, but yeah. Fantasy Star, I uh, ended up getting on the, the through the Sega Ages collection on the Switch. And honestly, it's a lot of fun. It's I, I really enjoy it. I it's, think they had, it's a very retro RPG. They had three of them on the Master System, I believe. I think it was the first three, right? No, only the first one was Master System. Two, three, and four were on Genesis. Okay. 
All right. Okay. Uh, but yeah, if you have a master system, if you can get a cheap enough copy of Fantasy Star, for I strongly recommend it to you too if you like RPGs. Huh. Nice. Uh, or at least get the Sega Ages version if you have a Switch. But that leads me to one more thing I thought of: yeah. uh, the Sega Ages version of Alex Kidd in Mir- uh, Miracle World. Yeah. So for anyone who's interested in retro gaming but has a hard time getting hold of like the older stuff, you can download the original version on the Switch. And there's a lot of different things you can do with the Sega Ages version. Uh, I'm not really sure what the is like the uh, the Ages version adds some quality of life stuff, and I'm not exactly sure what those are. Okay. But when I was looking online. You can play the version of the game that has the rice ball. Okay. <laughs> or you can change it to be the hamburger. Because in later installments, they change the, the rice ball to be a hamburger. God bless America. <laughs> God bless America, indeed. <laughs> uh, so, yeah. Uh, so, shout out to the, the Nintendo Switch for having a version that you can uh, yeah, that's cool. uh, uh, play. Yeah, because so. I feel like this is one of those games that just gets lost. Yeah. Like it's oh, forgotten. for sure. Especially because well, yeah. it is Sega's... First big, I would say it's its first big mascot. It's not mm-hmm. the first one, but it's the first bit, like the first one they had. I mean, it's a, it's a character. Three to four years as their mascot. I mean, let's face it, the 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 cute spaceship. Yeah, okay, it's cute, but what else does the the spaceship from Fantasy Zone have going for it? It doesn't have character, really, right? Well, and what's wild is, and I always remember, I never owned it, but they made like a game that was almost basically a direct sequel to this. It was a Genesis game, and it was called like Alex Kidd and the Enchanted Castle. Oh yeah, because like at the end of this game, they're like, oh, you you saved the day, but like your dad's still missing, and I guess that game is supposedly picks up with you trying to find your dad. Oh, that's and interesting. I, and I never had it for my Genesis, but I always kind of did. But then I played like the emulation of it, and I'm like, ooh. <laughs> <laughs> I was like, maybe I'm glad I didn't have this. Oh, well, they, they probably stuck with the, the classic formula, and it didn't go very well, no, I guess. Interesting. No, it, it wasn't great. But, I mean, some of the other sequels they made for the Master System. I had three other Alex Kidd games for my Master System. Do you have System. the one that in Shinobi World? Yes. I have, Shino- I have Alex Kidd in Shinobi World, uh-huh. which is pretty good. Alex Kidd in the Lost Stars. That is so bad it is i can't even describe to you it is like i I would i'm gonna have to do some research into it because it's nothing like miracle world and it's the one that came out the next one that came out it i can't even describe to you look it up sometime it's so bad and then they had alex kid in high tech world which is really weird because the first part of that one you're Mm -hmm. in like alex kid house like the palace and you're trying to find like a map to get to an arcade and it's almost like you have to go around and solve puzzles and do all this stuff to get the pieces of the map and then you kind of do like a side-scrolling thing weird yeah it's so weird all the games in the series are so different yeah that's it's interesting that they 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 had a formula that worked and then they were like no 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 no, let's do our own thing and they just kept doing like changing it up (laughs) yeah that's really bizarre you i almost wonder if alex kid might have been maybe stayed on as their mascot if they had like stuck to a formula or not i don't know maybe or maybe they were just like oh we got to give him another game just throw him in this game that has nothing to do with him i mean i kind of feel like that's what they did for mario on the in north america because our poyo poyo version of Mario 2 is... Doki Doki Panic? Doki Doki Panic, sorry. Puyo uh, Puyo is a sorry, puzzle game. That is, that's right. <laughs> yeah, Doki Doki Panic. Uh, it's, I mean, that's completely different than the first game. It's completely different than all the games in the series. Well, that's true. That, But, I mean, that's only what they did with America. Like, the Japanese versions are weird and changed up, too. Yeah. yeah. You know? So that's that's why I'm a little, like, confused is, at least with American Mario 2, we know that they were just like, ah, the real Mario 2 is too difficult for those dummies. Slap Mario over this game and kick it out the front door to America, <laughs> you know? And so, yeah, I don't know. It's it's really bizarre. But, uh, Glitch, did you yeah. also uh, uh, track down uh, uh, speedrun info? I did. So there's uh, two categories, glitches and no glitches. Okay. Um, did you guys want to give a guess? So glitches would be the fastest way you can beat this game. You want to give a guess on how quick you can beat it? I don't know. Maybe like 20 minutes if you know what you're doing. Uh, I don't know. I'd say like 15 so you're close. Uh, 10 minutes and 36 seconds wow, is the geez. record held by uh, Fozan. Um, the no glitches is 13 minutes and 19 seconds by Streckle. Wow, not that different. Um, the the biggest skip you can do with the glitches, and actually I, I think they actually do this in both versions. I don't know if it's considered a glitch. It's kind of more like a skip. Mm-hmm. But that, that cane you get that makes you levitate, yeah. when you get into the final boss battle with Jenkin, uh, after you defeat him, a ladder comes down, and you climb up it, and you you find the princess. Yeah. Uh, if you use the cane, you can just fly up and grab the ladder. 
Yeah, I and I saw that because I watched a speedrun, which, by the way, let me say, guys, there is nothing more disheartening to me than watching someone beat this game in, like, 14 minutes <laughs> that I spent hours and hours on as a child and only made it, like... Not even, probably like halfway through, maybe a little more. Uh-huh. So like to watch someone beat it in 14 minutes was very soul crushing to me. Yeah, that's, that's, but, that takes a lot out of you. But I saw that when he got to that point and he just like levitated up and it was like, oh, he didn't even fight that guy. Yep. <laughs> man. I know, right? That's, oh man. Uh, but there's a lot of text glitching that they do to speed up the, the, the boss, I guess the boss fights. <laughs> ah. uh, but the rock, paper, scissors uh, interaction, they, they use a lot of text to screw that up and make it go faster. Interesting. Ah. Well, one last thing I wanted to mention yeah. that I saw that like would have like changed my life as a child is that it said that there was like a secret thing you could do for like because this didn't have continues or anything like that but there was something you could do at the if like when you died if you like held up and hit it was like the two button like eight times you could continue if you had enough money you could buy like a continue for really? like 450 yeah I saw that on the when I was looking into this I had no idea when I was a child right. so that would have changed my life I think if I could have continued yeah Maybe you I probably would have beaten it at that point because you would have just been able to continue yeah I was like just why can't you just put continue in <laughs> why do you gotta make it so hard yeah that's weird I uh you gotta get that high score so it's gotta reset <laughs> the game <laughs> yes. It's all about high score back then. Have to get that high score. Heaven forbid if we don't. Uh, but I tell you what, guys, let's take a real brief word to hear from one of our sponsors, and then we'll jump back in and talk about the music. Hey, it's me, everybody, Tim Kittrow. I'm here to talk to you about Old School Gamer. Old School Gamer is the magazine for gamers. It covers arcade and retro gaming, gives you gaming history and in-depth interviews with people like me who are there, and it lets you know what conventions are happening and when. Issues come out once every other month. Plus, a website full of even more razzle-dazzle, and it's all for just 30 bucks a year. So visit OldSchoolGamer.com and subscribe now. Whoa, boom All right. So, the music for this game was composed by Tokuhiko uh, Uabo, who also did the music for Fantasy Star 1 and 2, okay, as well as Sonic 3. <laughs> he did some of the music in Sonic 3. Really? Huh. Yeah, he did. And he also did Spy versus Spy, <laughs> which great, is... Great soundtrack. The... Probably the worst Nintendo soundtrack ever. However, <laughs> he did the music for the Master System. Yeah, I had that for Master System. Master System had the weird thing where it had cartridges and cards. Uh-huh. Do you remember that? Yeah. And uh, the the Spyro's Five was a card, so it had the slot in the front that you slid the card in for oh. those games. So I, I, with a lot of trepidation, clicked online to to listen to the music for the Master System version of Spy vs. Spy. And it's, it's rather hard to find, so I just found like uh, gameplay footage of it. And the music's good. <laughs> I do. Oh, I really? remember that music. The music for the yeah. Master System is good. It's not like, you know, blow your mind, this is the greatest soundtrack ever on the system. But I thought it was good. It's a lot better than the Nintendo version, which is trash. Yeah, I actually remember it. And I remember it being kind of catchy and playing. Because we played it that is. game a lot. It was fun. So. Well, it's super repetitive. So you want the music to be good. <laughs> okay. All right, Glitch. <laughs> All right, everybody listening who loves to send me the link to the soundtrack when they're like, oh, hey, Craig, I have this thing for you to check out. I'm like, oh, okay. And then I go to click on it, and it's like, oh, hey, it's the Spy for Spy theme for Nintendo, which is garbage and trash. Craig, you're not helping the situation right now. I feel like you just asked a ton of people to send you more links. I just don't click on things people send me anymore. That's the trick. Every time somebody's like, Craig, here's this link for you to check out, I go, I'll look into it. And I don't actually look into it because I already know what it is. But uh, I tell you what, guys, let's go ahead and first off listen to the main theme for Alex Kidd in Miracle World. It's pretty catchy. I love it. It's been stuck in my head like ever since you guys brought up doing this game with me. (laughs) 
I immediately thought of the music. I think it for, forever be ingrained in my memory from playing this game so much. Yeah, I love the I love that first track. It's awesome. Now, uh, I, I think this was my favorite uh, of the themes. This is the underwater or swimming theme. Uh, so let's go ahead and uh, give this guy a listen. of uh, fun about the, the underwater theme is I think the underwater theme might be my favorite in Mario Brothers 2. So I thought it was just sort of interesting that it's like, oh, I just apparently always like underwater music <laughs> in video games, I guess. Uh, and then glitch. I was going to say oh, real yeah. quick, that song really makes me think a lot of Star Tropics. Oh, yeah. It has that tropical island theme to it. It, it really does. It gives so. you uh, a lot. Of, wow. Now that you mentioned it, yeah. it's very, very reminiscent of Star Tropics music. Uh yeah, it makes wow. me wonder if there's any influence. I, it's not the same composer. Nope. But I, uh, I mean, it is. There might be some some uh, uh, similarities there, or maybe it's just they were both trying to emulate that island kind of feel. Yeah. You know, I don't know. We'll have to have to give that a listen after uh, this episode and just you know compare the two. I. Uh, but uh, let's go ahead and listen to the castle theme, and this is what you had chosen. Uh, yeah, is that right? I actually I picked this, and one of the reasons why is because. There's a part in it that kind of sounds like Gemini Man from Mega Man 3. Oh. Because I remember sitting there listening to this track because obviously I never got to any of these levels in my playthrough. <laughs> yeah. This but is as a- I was watching the speed runs, I was like, where do I know that tone? And it took me a while. I was like, I'm pretty sure that's Gemini Man. Huh. Let's give it a listen. <laughs> definitely pick up a, a, where you're coming from with the Gemini Man uh, thing. That's interesting. That that music is forever like embedded in my mind with like failure because of like <laughs> the first castle you get to, like the blue one, and it was so hard every time I would get to it. And I, now when I hear that, I just think of how I couldn't beat that level. So it's just nothing but like a, a dirge for you. <laughs> it's like, Ugh. hey, guess what? You're going to die. <laughs> <laughs> Crap baskets. I uh, so I uh, I think it's time that we uh, start jumping into uh, like retro relapse and stuff. But uh, uh, guys, what are your kind of final thoughts on Alex Kidd in Miracle World? Glitch. Um, so I'm gonna say that obviously, if you have a master system, and you don't have this game. It's kind of strange because I do feel like it's one of those like you know grandfathered games for the system it's built into some of them yes exactly and uh it's a you know a basic platformer it's a lot of fun i think the difficulty is really up there but uh yeah definitely definitely give this a look give it a play uh see what you think and you know learn about the series because i like i said it's it's one of those forgotten got forgotten series in video gaming 
Mm-hmm. And uh, hovercraft, Joe, for you? Yeah, I mean, I, I I agree with you a lot. I think it's it's I think it still holds up really well. I mean, as a platformer, it's still a lot of fun to play, and it's still very difficult. Uh-huh. <laughs> like, but but I, I I do think it's kind of like a series and a character that probably like a lot of people aren't really familiar with. Mm-hmm. And like it's funny because to me it's like it's so associated with my childhood and playing this game so yeah. much. But to think that people are like going to listen to this and be like, "Oh, what are you guys talking about, yeah. Alex Kid?" But yeah, I would definitely give this game especially a shot because I think it is a lot of fun, you mm-hmm. know. And it's it, I've read some things that say this is like, "Oh, this is Sega's answer to Mario or whatever," which is like, yeah, maybe it is, maybe it isn't. But it, I think it holds up and it's a lot of fun. No, absolutely. I I think that uh, if you are a Switch owner, and this might have been even push to other systems the Sega Ages version or whatever uh, but you know anywhere you have access to it definitely worth a a look especially with any quality of life upgrades they have I mean if, if nothing else they have save features like save states <laughs> you know and maybe even rewind features I think in the Sega Ages version so you know absolutely give this a look you know, maybe with the quality of life changes to make things a little bit less frustrating so you don't have to spend so much time, like <laughs> hours and hours of Hovercraft Joe, you know, uh, uh, his childhood and stuff devoted Joe, to it. Joe, it's only supposed to take you 10 minutes to beat this game. Don't you know that? <laughs> I know, right? What the heck? We're going to have to remember that trick about flying past uh, Jack and the Great. John Ken? John Ken. Jeez. That was like eight-year-old me trying to pronounce it. <laughs> well, I tell you what, guys, let's go ahead and uh, uh, take a brief uh, moment and dive into our retro relapse. Jones in for a classic game. It's time for retro relapse on the Legend of Retro podcast. Retro relapse. So, Joe. Yeah. You're our guest, and you brought mm-hmm. a game with us, I, with you. I did. I, <laughs> you know, and it was hard. I was trying to find something. You know, I don't have uh, the biggest game collection, but mm-hmm. I, I brought something interesting uh, from, from the, the past. Uh, you know, and I kind of wanted to tie it into movies a little bit because that's, you know, Last Action sure, Podcast. Sure, and also, I'm a big comic book guy. That's my thing. So I brought uh, the GameCube game Hulk. Not to be confused with anything else, Hulk tied into <laughs> the Ang Lee Hulk film. Yeah, so uh, it has Eric Bana reprising his role from the the movie. Yeah, and uh, <laughs> Overgrave Joe, I, I gotta tell you, uh, I I always get my hopes up whenever we have a guest on because I think, oh, they're gonna they're gonna bring a game that isn't garbage. Because the glitch always makes me play garbage. Every every nearly every episode of the Legend of Retro, the Retro Relapse is just me playing these horrible games, and I always think to myself, like, if only we had a special guest on, and they could bring a cool game, and I have a lot of fun. And I kind of got my hopes up a bit with Hulk because you were like, I don't think this is very good, and we started playing it, and it was like. Well, this isn't that bad. I mean, you know, it's not perfect. But, like, you start as the Hulk. The plot is kind of hokey. It's like uh, Bruce Banner, for those who don't know, the Hulk is is the scientist who got hit with, like, gamma rays. And now when he gets angry, he's this kind of Dr. Jekyll, Mr. Hyde thing. And he right, turns yeah. into this big green monster. Uh, although, I, I suppose... Marvel Cinematic Universe is all over the place these days. There's nobody who doesn't know the Hulk, so never mind. Just <laughs> I just said that. Uh, but uh, he... He turns into the Hulk pretty pretty quick, you know. There's a little bit of story, and he's like, oh, "I hate what I've become. I am my <laughs> disease. Oh no, the Hulk came out of the mirror and beat me up." And you know, it's kind of dumb. But you know, he turns into a giant monster and he starts fighting things at a gas station. Yeah, the opening stage is you're the Hulk. Yeah, so it, I do like that about it. You know, that you was start off yeah. beating I, the crap out of everybody. I gotta say, uh, when I when they showed you how to grab people, and it was me using people to beat other people, <laughs> or just like picking people up and throwing them into the ground, I was kind of having fun. I was like, "This is cool. Like, this is you know." Hovercraft Joe said this game is crummy, but <laughs> like, this is this is kind of cool. Yeah, like, what is Joe talking about? This is fun already. <laughs> I mean, you know, the, the, the timing of the, the tank thing, because like, it's like, you know, oh, no, the tank has a shield over it. Punch the missile back. And it's like, it's not, tanks don't shoot missiles <laughs> out of their barrels, but all right, whatever. You know, and so the first hit, I just lost like a quarter of my health. And it was like, I'm the Hulk. How am I losing to tank fire? But whatever. Yeah. And then, you know, you, you punch it back. It blows up the tank. And then that unfortunately ends the level. Yeah. And... Then we find out that Bruce Banner has found out a way that he can maybe live without being the Hulk. Yeah, a cure, yeah. 
And so he needs to do a stealth mission. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) And I think that's where this game goes south. Well, it wasn't really stealth that much. I mean, like, okay, like there's a part where you duck under a guard station and walk past. Okay, you can run before then and it doesn't alert them. You could barrel roll under the guard station that doesn't really alert them or anything, which I got to say, the roll feature was kind of fun. <laughs> you run and then hit duck and you just kind of barrel roll. You know, that was that was kind of neat. But yeah, uh, uh, heck, uh, uh, Glitch, when you were playing, uh, you basically tried to get caught by the guards, right? Yeah, and it's not like an alarm went off or anything. It's just the guards that you're in the area with are just like, hey, get over here. Yeah. And they just start chasing you with their hands out. Yeah, and they, and, kick, they kicked you a lot. <laughs> yeah, so I'm assuming if I would have beat them up, I could have just continued on with the level. It's not like I had to restart the level. Like, oh, you lost the stealth. They detected you. You must restart. You know, they've yeah. been, They're aware of your presence. Restart the level. Yeah, it, it, I mean, like... Goldeneye on the Nintendo 64 had guards that were programmed to run and hit the the alarms and stuff. Like, this is GameCube. This technically would have also come out on PlayStation 2 and Xbox and Windows and Game Boy Advance. Uh, But I... Yeah, because even uh, Siphon Filter has a level where if you lose your stealth... You restart the level. Yeah, yeah. I that that really it felt very tacked on. It was like it's almost as if they're like, well, we can't think of enough things for the Hulk yeah. to destroy, so let's make Bruce Banner run around in his little lab coat. <laughs> well, and I think you know, like the, the problem is probably inherently with making any kind of Hulk game mm-hmm. is that the Hulk is so powerful and he's like invincible, and it's like, so what are you gonna do in a game if he can't be hurt and he can't, you know, mm-hmm. like. So like, oh, what if you're Banner for a level and you had to not turn into a Hulk? You know, it's like I feel like that they had to think of a way to make this a game other than like you're this unbeatable thing who just punches everything. Yeah, give it a story. You know what, though? I feel like in order to make a good Hulk game, what they need to do is you're just always the Hulk. You can destroy whatever you want. But if you take too much damage, you you have an anger meter. And if you get too angry, you do too much damage and you're going to, like, destroy, like, you know, everybody around you. You're going to hurt innocent people. And so, like, I feel like that's all they need to do to make a good Hulk game is let you destroy stuff. But, you know, take too much damage. And, yeah, he doesn't die, but it's just he goes crazy. and You, you, you just can't control him or whatever. Yeah. Right? Yeah, I mean, that could work. I mean, that's one of the things that always, like, this, like, I remember being really psyched for the Angley Hulk movie and then really disappointed by it. <laughs> and that's, like, kind of mirrors how I felt about this game. I was like, you know, because it was, like, fairly early on to me having my GameCube and I'm a comic book guy and I'm like, yeah, I got to get this game. And then I got it and I was like, wait, I have to keep playing it because you keep, you keep having to do levels where you oh. play as, as Banner. <laughs> so it was, it was, but, like, the fact that you're, like, the Hulk, the strongest there is, and you, like, have to punch these army guys more than once take him out i was like no yeah no, that's no. lame too so uh when it comes to uh now we're, we're gonna do some hyping up of course at the end of the episode but uh when it comes to last action podcast have you guys covered uh the angley hulk movie we have not covered the when angley are you going to i mean if i have my way we eventually will <laughs> i i am the comic book guy so i am forever sneaking Pushing that anytime okay. they ask me a movie i'm like well what about this comic book one <laughs> So, I mean, yeah, we'll we'll get to it eventually. Good, good. Right. I, I, I'm looking forward to you uh, eventually pushing that in there because uh, I, I would love to hear your opinions <laughs> on this, especially considering you were so hyped for it only to have it just go shattering. To I nothing. went to like a midnight showing. It was so bad. Oh, that is bad. <laughs> yeah. So. So, guys, what do we give this on the eight bit scale? One to eight. What do, what are we given Hulk? Because honestly, right off the bat, I think I'm going to uh, drop a I think I'm going to drop like a three. Because, like, the Hulk part was kind of fun, but, man, that stupid Bruce Banner stuff was real lame. Mm. Joe, yeah. I, I think I'm probably right there with you with the three, because it is fun to play as the Hulk and to, to kind of smash and do mm. all that stuff, but there's too much other stuff in the game, and it just kind of bogs it down. So yeah. I'll, I'll go with three as well. Three. And uh, for you, Glitch? Uh, I think we'll go a little bit higher. I think I'm going to give it a four. Oh, just middle of the <laughs> yeah, road. Because uh, I did think it was funny that you could just run around like an idiot and you got to you. One of the downfalls of this game was we, we got pretty far into the stealth part. I feel like we hit like three checkpoints. And, uh, yeah, yeah. I think and it was. so they, they, they beat me up, they caught me or whatever, and it gave us the option to continue. But when you hit continue, you started all the way yeah. at the beginning of that stealth mission. Yeah, that was pretty lame. Yeah, yeah that's, that's annoying. <laughs> yeah, that was very annoying. I... I 
I feel like if there was more Hulk stuff in the game, I would have been way more impressed and had a lot more fun. Um, I did see there were other options. Like, there's a story mode is what we picked. Uh, yeah. What else is in the game? Uh, I feel like there might be, and, and I, it's been a while since I exploded, but I do feel like maybe there is a mode where it's just you, like, smashing stuff. Um, oh, man, why didn't we play that? <laughs> well, story mode was stupid. Well, I didn't want to give you anything that was fun. <laughs> All right. That's... <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> uh, I'm, love, not, I'm not thrilled with that. I love it when we play these bad games. <laughs> I'm not thrilled with that in the least. Some Someday I'll be able to play another 8 out of 8 game like Typing of the Dead. Someday. <laughs> I think, is that the only game I've given an 8 out of 8? Yeah, maybe you. I know uh, the, the first episode I was on, I brought that rescue game that I had the world record in. And both Chops and Xander gave that an 8 out of 8. Oh, was that eight out of eight for them? Yeah, I I feel like I was maybe like a, a like a, a seven out of eight or something. I, I do remember enjoying it. Uh, you weren't on that episode. This, oh, this is like, this is like oh, so I enjoy re- I I enjoy playing it, but not that I was able to give a score on it. Oh, okay, interesting. Huh? No, this is like years ago. I'm talking about this is before we started recording retro relapses. Well, then what game was it? Because I feel like I played that game. Are you thinking of the Minority Report game? Maybe that's what I'm thinking of. Yeah, I think that is what I'm thinking okay. of. Sorry, there's just been so many <laughs> some Nintendo games just rattling around in my brain. That's, yeah, probably not great, right? <laughs> uh, so, I, I tell you uh, what, though, guys. Let's go ahead and jump into our music bracket. So, uh, things are, are, are heating up at this point. We're nearing the end. Yeah, we're in our Elite Eight. Yeah, so, uh, first up... Uh, we have uh, what is Proto Man's theme for Mega Man 3. Now, uh, this soundtrack was composed by uh, the team of Yasuaki Fujita Harumi, uh, and Harumi Fujita. Uh, you know, we've talked about them plenty of times before, but let's go ahead and give a listen to Proto Man's theme here. mentioned in our uh, Discord uh, a while back, but uh, a very somber Mega Man song. Yeah, but in my mind, this is like the perfect ending for that game, because it's, a, it's a really intense. Oh, no. I mean, I absolutely agree. I it's, Some of the, the more somber Mega Man music is, is uh, I really enjoy, which is usually like their ending themes. Their ending themes in Mega Man games are, are not always, but typically a little bit more low-key compared mm-hmm. to like the level themes, you know? Uh, at least I feel like uh, what was it? Mega Man 2's, 3's, uh, 
Well, seven wasn't too low key, but I really like that one too. Yeah, because two. Yeah, like you said, two's very like sad. The you know seasons are changing. He's walking on the street. Uh huh. But uh, this one, I don't know. In my head, him you know writing, just walking, and then he sees Proto Man's shadow in the background, and the you know the showing all the mass robot master names and everything. Mm-hmm. It's just for me, it's like the perfect ending to a Mega Man game. And uh, as far as that goes, uh, this is going up uh, kind of another more somber uh, uh, song here. Uh, So that was the theme of Proto Man. Uh, This is the theme of uh, Princess Zelda, Zelda's Lullaby, uh, composed by Koji Kondo for uh, Legend of Zelda Ocarina of Time. Uh, Let's go ahead and give this a listen as well. You know, it is the theme of Princess Zelda. It's also the theme of the crystals from Link to the Past. Mm-hmm. Uh, but, uh, I mean, anytime I think of that song, I think of the, uh, spoiler alert, the the ending to Ocarina of Time, where you see Link and Zelda together. You know, that is always what I think of is, you know, when I hear that music. So, you know, uh, Hovercraft Joe, how do you feel about uh, these songs? Ooh, I don't know. They're both they're both good ones. But I mean, the, that Mega Man one is, I don't know, for me, that one's just really good. And mm-hmm. it is so interesting. Like you said, like it is kind of somber and it's like you wouldn't. I don't know. It's like you don't think of that, I guess. It's like, oh, this is a big like video game theme. But it, I don't know. I really like that one. Yeah. Yeah. Especially like on the Nintendo. I mean, you know, how many kind of somber, sad kind of melancholy songs are there from like you know early nintendo yeah especially well i guess let me rephrase that that aren't an rpg yeah you know rpgs kind of had that kind of nailed down but you know action platformer mm-hmm. not really a thing i <laughs> uh, this is gonna be a tough choice for me this week i have a really hard time with this one yeah this is definitely a tough one for me too i i really love both these uh uh songs so we'll, we'll see how it goes uh, i'm interested to see how all our uh, fans vote and when it comes to voting they have a lot of options uh they can of course go ahead and jump on our facebook page we have a twitter account we have a vote in each of those spots we have our discord if you go to gamezillamedia.com, there is a link there. If you sign up, you can not only chat with us about uh, old retro video games, but all of the Gamezilla Media, uh, you know, teams have their own, uh, you know, uh, channels and stuff like Last Action Podcast, <laughs> and uh, you can get a vote there uh, every week. And to top it off, if you're a member of our Patreon page, you get a bonus vote there as well. So if you go to Patreon.com/slash/GameZillaMedia, uh, you're going to be able to uh, sign up for a dollar and uh, get that perk. Uh, but uh, Glitch, what other uh, perks do they get uh, for being a member of our Patreon page? Yeah, so that Patreon page, it's GameZillaMedia or Patreon.com/slash/GameZillaMedia. Um, you can do that one dollar to get that vote. As well as early access to a retro relapse video. So days, you know, episodes where we don't have a guest, we do have videos out where you can see the guy's expression on this uh, on the the really oh. cruddy games I make them play. Oh. But uh, if you do the five dollar Patreon page, you are a Patreon member, you get bonus episodes for the shows. So we have a Game Shark episode that comes out once a month where we talk about topics, our top favorite things, as well as our draft that we do once a season. Now, aside from uh, the Game Shark show, though, what other uh, bonus shows might they get for $5 a month? So they can get shows from all the other shows on GameZone Media, including 
Yeah. Last Action Podcast. Yeah. Post credit scene. Yeah, we have the post credit scene, which comes out every month. And it's kind of a fun, uh, you know, on the podcast, we talk about a particular movie every mm-hmm. week. But the, the post credit scene, we kind of dive into a more broader topic, you know, like a series of films or summer blockbusters. Yeah. And it kind of gives us time to dig a little deeper into that. So it's a lot of fun. And the, and the topics are, are pretty varied on it. Yeah. I, I really enjoyed uh, listening to you guys I uh, uh, on the, the post credit scenes because, you know, diving into a movie is fun, but it's, you know, it's a lot of factoids and info so you know some of the most fun i have when it comes to listening to our shows is kind of getting into the minds and like kind of going into like the childhoods of everybody and so like you know the summer blockbuster stuff or or you know like the the batman movies when you were younger and stuff like it's been a lot of fun uh but uh hovercraft joe uh i would like to of course give you a shout out here you are on a awesome podcast tell us a little bit about it well yeah and so we mentioned a little bit the last action podcast uh with me uh sphinx and lpj Mm -hmm. uh comes out every monday um and yeah we just talk about action movies you know we kind of break them down we go through the plots and uh, the thing i would say to people listening and if you haven't checked us out and if you're maybe a little hesitant because you're like ah i'm not really like an action movie Mm -hmm. guy at the time i think our definition of action movie is pretty broad (laughs) we cover a lot of stuff you know we've done some action comedies you know, I'm always pushing superhero movies. Yeah. So it's not just like, oh, we do a bunch of Arnold Schwarzenegger and Jean-Claude Van Damme movies. I mean, you know, you've been on for all the Bond movies that we do. So I it, am on contractually for every <laughs> single James Bond movie. So there's definitely something on there. If you go through our catalog, you're going to find a movie that you like. So don't I, I wouldn't let that limit you. I would, I would check it out. But yeah. Oh, absolutely. I uh, definitely has been great having you on for uh, Alex Kidd in yeah. Miracle World. You're now contractually oh, obligated man. to be on every Alex Kidd episode <laughs> we do. Uh, and I can't wait for some of the weird ones when you're just like, you know, slamming your head against a wall and you can't oh, yeah. understand it. I can't wait to make you guys play the Lost Stars. <laughs> <laughs> so we're going to go ahead and wrap things up here uh, today, of course. Uh, but we'll see you all next time when, when the legend continues. continues.